This is WHUPLP Hillsboro. My name is Gilbert Neal, and this is D Sides, Orphans, and Oddities. So, before I start my show, I wanted to mention the fact that, like people of my age, little bits of our childhood go away forever. And that happened to me a couple days ago when Graham Edge, who was the drummer for the Moody Blues, um, died. He was he was basically the driving force of the Moody Blues, although he was not the best musician. He was a drummer, but he wasn't a great drummer. He did solos, but they weren't great solos. But he did do something on the Moody Blues albums that uh, you would recognize, which is he would do the speeches. So before a song would come on usually it was the first thing that you heard when you put a moody blues album on was graham edge or ray thomas who is the flautist for the moody blues but sometimes graham edge would write and anyway you'll know graham edge's work when you remember uh, that after nights in white satin you'd hear the the guy intoning breathe deep the gathering gloom Watch lights fade from every room. Dun, 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 dun. But we thought it was cool. Oh, we were young and we loved that stuff. It was different. Nobody else really did a lot of that stuff. But I loved the Moody Blues. Loved, loved the Moody Blues. And Graham Edge did, um, like all good prog psychedelic bands that were successful did, um, Yes did it. I guess you could say the Beatles did it, but uh, all the members, oh, Kiss did it, where all the members will go off and take a couple of years and do a solo album or two. Uh, Graham Edge did a couple of albums under his name featuring um, Adam Gervitz, who was in the Baker Gervitz Army with Ginger Baker, who was in Cream. With Eric Clapton and Jack Bruce, and you know Jack Bruce um, appeared on Carla Blay's album Escalator Over the Hill, blah, 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 blah. But it's all just a big, big, um, it's a big family. It's a big family tree. And I liked Graham Edge. I thought even though his, his drumming wasn't great, he, he was perfect for that band, kind of like Nick Mason. Nick Mason wasn't a great drummer at all. He was perfect for that band. At least at first. So, I wanted you to know that Graham Edge died, if you didn't know already. Uh, not a big story because the Moody Blues haven't released really anything of, of note for 30 years or so. But I loved them. I loved them. And I saw them live once. I actually did fall asleep, but I think that was because of the marijuana's um, had a, an effect on me. Anyway. So I think next week I'm going to put together a Moody Blues show with Graham Edge and all maybe all the solo stuff that they all did. And it would be for a per certain kind of person would enjoy a show like that. Not everybody. But I haven't done a Moody Blues show yet, so I think I'm going to do one. I would like to start this show off with a really wonderful song that was a hit in the UK but did not do anything in the United States. And you'll recognize his voice as soon as he starts singing. Um, and then we'll talk about him after uh, this set. Mm -hmm. 
you've had your fun Get up them stairs, go on quickly, don't run Take off your shoes, both of yous And leave them down outside the door Turn the landing light off, no wait, leave it on Easier to be gone And in the morning Who'll be wide awake And eating snowflakes Oh, as opposed to those flakes We will We will Spend the day with Uncle Frank, remember, and his wife, Auntie May. Well, do you know, since then I've received up to four letters, all of which repeat the same. They say thrill to bits, and believe you came. ever a chance or even half you might be our way but would you promise to stay Suffered the affliction within. It's no use in an ending to proclaim from the start that the moral of the story's to begin. On Sunday next, if the weather holds, we'll have that game. But I bags he been in goal. Not because I'm good Or because I think I should It's just that, well, at my age I think standing still Would really suit me best Do we all agree? Hands up those who do Hands up those who don't I see, well, in that case Will we please be kind enough If not on Sunday To go to Mass on Monday Tons and cuckoos from here to Timbuktu 
by counting their dough in the mirror and singing Rudy Toot Toot for the moon It's the biggest star I've ever seen It's a pearl of wisdom A slice of green cheese Burning just like
like that. Play it once more.
This is Gilbert Neal, and this is D-Sides, Orphans, and Oddities on WHUP. You can look at my podcast thingy at dsides.podbean.com. And gosh almighty, thanks for listening. So we started that set with a wonderful song by Gilbert O'Sullivan. The song is called We Will from 1972, 71, 72. And it's just wonderful. I think it's just great. He later on had hits in the United States, but this was a hit in England. So let's see. He had uh, Alone Again Naturally, Claire, which was about his dog, Get Down, which was about his dog. No, I think, I don't know if Claire was about his dog, but. Um, so very distinctive style, had his had his star shining bright in the United States in the early 70s, but kept going, and American audiences are fickle like that. Too much Irishman. After that, Michael Johnson with Rudy Toot Toot for the Moon. Uh, Michael Johnson had a hit in the United States in 1978 with Bluer Than Blue, Sadder Than Sad, You're the Only Light This Empty Room Is her head because I'm bluer than blue people of a certain age will remember that song roller skating rink song I call it and then who sang that medley of sly stone hits who was that who was that well it was 1980 and it was Mary Clayton Mary Clayton was famous for her jaw-dropping accompaniment of the Rolling Stones on Gimme Shelter. And then she, as you know, if you listen to the show, recorded her own version of Gimme Shelter a couple years later. Yep. So what does Mary Clayton's medley and Michael Johnson have in common with the show? Well, Chris Dedrick arranged them and co-produced them, co-produced the Michael Johnson and arranged, I, I'm guessing, the strings when it, she says um, the strings right next to me uh, instead of organ. And I'd imagine, knowing Chris Dedrick's oeuvre, that he probably arranged those strings, which are pretty, pretty nutty, pretty nutty. And Chris Dedrick was part of one of my favorite groups of all time, The Free Design. I love The Free Design. And I've played them on my show many, many times. Sometimes I go back and look at my old set lists, you know, because I'm that way. And The Free Design is, is never far from my thoughts. Because there's something about The Free Design that has an effect on me especially their last two records and well their last three records because um, Cosmic Peekaboo I think is also a wonderful record which they did uh, long after their initial time on uh, on 
What's that guy's name? I can't remember. Anyway, um, so Chris Dedrick also produced, in 1980, he, he, he produced four songs for a guy named, who called himself Brute Force. Now, this goes to, do you remember when, of course you don't, when the Beatles anthology was on TV? The Beatles anthology was 1995, I think. And it was very exciting because all the living Beatles were taking part in it. It was the first time that they had told their story. I mean, I'm sure that it's it was sanitized for public consumption. Who knows? I just I watched it. And and I loved it. I had I bought the VHS tapes and then I bought the uh, DVDs. And um, Apple sure knows their audience. So there's a point in the last, I think, section where somebody is interviewing George Harrison. And somebody's asking him, are the Beatles going to break up? He says, no. He says, somebody asked him something else and he said, no. Okay, I got to go. We're recording uh, The King of Fa or something. Or brute force. I forget what he said. I'm trying to find it, but I couldn't. And who he was referring to is this guy who released a couple of things before um, his affiliation with the Beatles, but he released this song called King of Fa. And John Lennon loved it. And uh, then he, he showed it to George Harrison, and George Harrison loved it. So George Harrison, I forget how this worked, but George Harrison actually recorded the song with him and arranged uh, 11 strings for the version of King of Fa that came out on Apple Records. And that's what he was talking about. So this guy, Brute Force, had a very short brush with fame. You can I don't even think it's fame. Just that people who love the Beatles and dig around into every Beatles factoid and all that stuff know this guy, Brute Force, because he released King of Fa. Uh, I'm not going to go too much into it, but if he's the King of Fa, he's also... The fa, hmm. And that was the joke. And they just thought it was brilliant. So if, you, if you're if you an intrepid collector and you got a couple thousand dollars laying around and you find somebody with an original copy of King of Fa by Brute Force, then that's your thing. Unfortunately, he recorded another album in 19 oh god what is his thing he released i'm trying to i'm trying to find his discography is very scant but uh, brute force maybe was from um written by him 
and produced by the tokens. Now, you know, the tokens, because I played their, um, their version of, uh, um, both sides. Now, <sighs> a story about a monarch in the land of Fa referred repeatedly to as the Fa. Hmm. John Lennon admired the record. George Harrison acquired the track, acquired the track and overdubbed 11 strings of the London Philharmonic Orchestra arranged by John Barnum. It soon became obvious that neither EMI or Capitol Records would distribute the single. They pressed a thousand of them and you can go and get them. Go and, go and get it if you can find it. But in 1980, this guy released, didn't release, but recorded, I don't know if it was ever released, recorded another record and on this record he recorded four songs that were actually produced by by chris dedrick and i was blown away that's the connection between the the free design and the beatles i mean the free design covered the beatles on on many of their records but this is where chris dedrick actually worked with a guy who worked with the beatles it's a loose very tenuous um link but it is a link and um i'd like to play you some of the songs that brute force recorded in 1980 that were produced by our own chris dedrick our own chris um so here you are you take the first left turn a right past murphy's bar at the third street light you hang a sharp right till you see your hill and you drive up to the top but don't stop there That's where the fun begins Follow Galaxy Bridge And when the lights turn to years Get off that nebula Follow Nebula It becomes the Milky Way That's really far out there Really far out there But then you're driving through the stars As you rise through the atmosphere Let your soul put yourself in what a lovely day to get on out of here Now have you gotten my directions clear? I said you take the first left turn A right past Murphy's Bar at the third street light You hang a sharp right till you see your hill And you drive up to the top Just keep going And from there you've got it made Follow Galaxy Bridge And when the lights turn to years Get off that nebula Follow nebula comes the Milky Way That's really far out there It's really far out there But then you're driving through the stars Driving through the stars Driving through the stars
The fantasy of nationality drives you up a tree, makes you think you have an enemy. The fantasy of nationality drives you up a tree, makes you think you are the enemy. When we, we all live, we all live, we all live in the same country. You don't have to believe me, look at the stars. You don't have to believe me.
Spinning rock, oh, spinning rock, spinning through the universe. Spinning rock, oh, spinning rock, planet of my birth, planet of my birth. Planet Earth is one big ball, we live on it, one and all. One fact easy to understand, we're all living on homeland, homeland. Oh, spinning rock, oh, spinning rock, spinning through the universe. Spinning rock, oh, spinning rock, country of my birth, country of my birth. Life's a weirdo mystery when there remain enemies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't we meet today to break bread? It's much better than breaking all those heads. On the best of worlds, yet the worst of worlds, whirling through the firmament. Spinning rock, blessed spinning rock, nation of my birth. Oh, see the little spinning rock, spinning through the skies. That's how we look from outer space. I've seen it with my eyes. Spinning rock. So, there you are. This album was released in in 2000 as Planet 2009 as Planet Work. It is brief. It is not it would be it would be an album. <laughs> so, anyway, um right. Started that set with Driving to the Stars, then Fantasy of Nationality. Spinning Rock Lullaby, and then Spinning Rock. A little Beatlesque suite there that nobody has heard, except you and me. I think he released it independently, and Chris Dedrick um, arranged all of those songs that you heard. Because other than that, I wasn't going to play anything. So, this is Gilbert Neal, uh, D-Sides, Orphans, and Oddities on WHUP. LP, no, at whupfm.org for a whole bunch of live shows and stuff. And um, you'll be able to hear this show about 10 minutes after it airs, if you so desire. So, told you already, I love Chris Dedrick. Genius. Dead. 
But I had hoped to meet him, at least speak to him before this happened because I was getting into the free design when he was uh, battling the cancer. But I know his brother. His brother's name is Bruce. And Bruce is also a magnificent songwriter. He's living in Pennsylvania now, and we have we have uh, talked a few times. And he's a very, very nice man. Um, but I didn't have time putting the show together to speak to him about why Chris Dedrick's solo album, which was recorded in 1972, wasn't released until 2000. But I would like to know. I demand to know. I think I have a right to know. I don't. But I like his solo album as well. I think everything on it is really good. And um, let's let's play you some of uh, Chris Dedrick's solo album, Be Free. Time for a minute. 
That was Chris Dedrick and a selection from his album from 1972, Be Free. We started this set with uh, Begin Work, Then I'll Go Away, I'm a New Man, and Someday. So that would have been a good album. I don't know why it was never released. Just as good as, as the stuff he did with the free design without the um, those, those tight harmonies I love so much. But good stuff, fine stuff. This is Gilbert Neal. This is D-Sides Orphans and Oddities out of Hillsboro, North Carolina. If you go to our website, you can contribute to our um, listener-financed studio. Has local musicians come in and um, play live. a wide variety of music, some uh, theater, some Sinatra, lots of country, lots of alt country, crazy stuff. And my show is music that was recorded from 1965 to 1980. And a little bit after, maybe a little before, I'll make exceptions for, um, for, um, 
<clears throat> Bobby Lee Trammell, who recorded New Dance in France in 1964. And I'll make an exception for um, Style Council, maybe. Some jam. Things like that. So, all right. I'm going to play now. I'm going to play now for you. This is, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about music that was recorded by TV stars in the 70s. In the 60s, there were some. Um, the guys from um, The Man from Uncle, I think, recorded some music. I know um, Adam West recorded a single or two. So did Burt Ward. Burt Ward did a um, recording with uh, Frank Zappa and the Mothers of Invention, uh, Orange Colored Sky, and um, uh, what was the other one called? Um, something about Dear Robin or some some crazy fan letter he was reading out loud and um, of course, uh, Doris Day, um, other people who are in the entertainment business that wasn't this, no, Doris Day doesn't count because she was a singer first. That's right. She was a big band singer. That's right. But, um, John Travolta started off in TV and, and some movies, but mostly TV recorded, uh, two albums on his own. And then uh, did the Saturday Night Fever, and then they took those two albums and they smushed them together, and they made uh, and they sold a double album called Travolta Fever. And th that kind of money grab used to happen all the time. Uh, Penny Marshall and Cindy Williams of Laverne and Shirley did an album, and it's not as bad as you think. Really, it's not as bad as you think. Um, of course, uh, Lenny and Squiggy did an album. And it is also not as bad as you think. You would think, watching those TV shows, that it was just just awful. But they weren't bad albums. And it was the beginning of Spinal Tap. That, that record was like the beginning of Spinal Tap. Scott Bio, Scott Bayo. And I'm not saying this because he's a, a wackadoo or anything like that, but his records are terrible. Scott Bayo's records are just awful. They're 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 cloying. They're of a time. There there's nothing that anyone would want to hear from it after it was released. And maybe you know you were just a young girl like who was a big Scott Bayo fan. Um. Bobby Sherman was in Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, and then he started a singing career. But I wanted to tell you about the person that fits this category that I think is, oh, Gabe, Gabe Kaplan was a stand-up comic. He did Welcome Back, Cotter, and then uh, released an album uh, called, what was it called? Um... I don't know, up your nose with the rubber hose or something like that. Um, but that was like after his fame, he was like, released this album, big deal. So um, 
This is WHUPLP Hillsboro. My name is Gilbert Neal. This is D Sides Orphans and Oddities. I am talking about TV stars from the 70s, late 60s, early 70s, or the 70s that did albums, that did music. The best one was, can you guess? So the best one was Lawrence Hilton Jacobs, who did who who was who was in uh, Cooley High in '75, but he was also in Welcome Back, Cotter as um, Freddie Boom Boom Washington, and he was also in an, um, the Jacksons' An American Dream as Joe Jackson, the father, and uh, get the switch, go get the switch. It's like um, watching that movie was like like watching uh, Charlie Brown special because in both of them, all the characters are joyless. There's like no happiness. They're ascending this ladder of um, showbiz and Joe is driving and driving him and nobody's happy. Nobody's ever happy. Michael Jackson's never happy in that movie. You never I, I don't remember seeing him smile or making a joke or praying, playing a prank or um, anything just misery all the time like a charlie brown special all the characters are miserable all the time charlie brown is like a psychotic because all the kids are picking on him constantly no reason why they're just picking on him picking on him and he's unhappy all the time i think snoopy is a hallucination i think he's sniffing glue and snoopy is a hallucination but i digress so lawrence hilton jacobs produced this single coming up that i'm going to play for you a band called Halo from um, West Coast somewhere. But um, Soul Funk Group from uh, 1980. And Lawrence Hilton Jacobs came by the studio one day and said, Hey, I like what you're doing. Let me, let me help you with that. And he produced them. And the single is not bad. So I'm going to play both sides and then we're going to get to some skeevy stuff. You're not going to like it. I don't like it. Let's see what happens.
on and on, doesn't it? Oh, I'm a happy hippie, taking little trippy, driving on... All right, boy, pull over, boy. Oh, You're man. in big trouble, boy. I got you clocked doing better than 80 miles an hour, boy. Man, that's impossible. I haven't even been out an hour. Don't you give me none of that blabby mouth, long-haired hippie, Yankee sass, boy. Oh, Let me see your driver's license. Well, whatever's right. Here you are, Dad. Don't play Tom Fool with me, boy. That ain't no driver's license. Oh, that's the menu from Alice's restaurant. Well, whip out that real driver's license here. You have been in trouble to law, boy. Well, I was busted once. You was what? I was busted. I was incarcerated. Don't play none of that Yankee I was trap. arrested, man. Were, all right, now we're getting somewhere. But it was a bum rap. It was, yeah, they all say that, bum rap. What, what, what was it, boy? Some cat from the CIA planted some grass on me, man. I didn't even know I was carrying it around. Now we're getting somewhere. How much did they find on you, boy? 300 pounds. <laughs> you, you, you trying to tell me that you going around carrying 300 pounds of hay and you didn't know you got it on your boy? Grass, man, grass. Well, whatever. Yeah, well, man... When you find all that junk on your boy, I hope you turn yourself in. Yeah, well, you're close, uh... you you making fun of me, boy. <laughs> That's some kind of inside hippie joke. No, man. Hey, I found my license, man. It was freaking out behind my Timothy Leary trip of the month card. <laughs> the who card, boy? Timothy Leary, ain't you ever heard of him? No, what's He's he He's our ambassador. To where? Where do you want to go? I don't know. I don't know, but I know where you're going, boy, and it ain't going to take you long to get there, neither. How long? That like that. Dynamite. Lay some on me. I'm coming.
calling in. I'm calling. You stay right there. What's your name, boy? Nine. Claude Nine. You just stay right where you are. What you doing down this part of the country anyway, boy? Oh, well, man, I'm just down here looking for my head. You think your head down this part of the country? Well, it might be. You never can you tell. You keep being blabbermouth and sassy with me. You're going to be here when you leave, too. You just sit right there, boy. Oh, man. Car nine, come. Yeah, hello. Yeah, careful. Yeah, yeah, I found me one of them long-haired, blabbermouth, sassy Yankee hippies out here. Yeah, his eyes all glazed over, running around, playing Tom Fool, looking for his head. No, no, there ain't been no accident. Yeah, no, no, he crazy, all right. Name it Nine. Cloud nine. Claude, man. Hush up, blabby Yankee mouth, boy. Oh, yeah. I'm talking to the judge. The judge don't cotton in no Yankee hippies. Oh, yeah. Well, hold it, judge. I got him red-handed, I believe, here. Let, let me ch uh, check out the evidence and wrap this thing up. What you smoking there, boy? Give me that thing, boy. Can you dig it? <coughs> dig you later, judge. <coughs> right on, boy.
Instead of blood, before you know why you suck your tank dry. He's really a chunk of crud. It ain't too cool to be without fuel. Like me, without my blood bank. So remember the main and King Hussein. Keep on your gas tank. No gas on the Transylvania Turnpike. Here's a creepy little man with a funky little can and a big long siphon hose. When you get sleeping, he comes creeping, and there Gosling goes. Hey, man, sister, why is getting so somebody's afraid to park the car at night? When it's after dark and your car is parked, watch out for him and his holes. He'll slip in your drive and snicker and jive. Mm, there you Gosling goes. <laughs> He's a rude little dude with a nose for crude, and he'll do you in the dark. When the gas man's loose, the bedroom is the onlyest place to park. If you ever listen to my show, you'll know that some of these things just you'll never hear. Not anywhere else. I mean, you can find them. But as a whole set, it's a very strange thing to combine these this set of songs. So I've got a story to tell about this. Halo was uh, produced by Lawrence Hilton Jacobs, who just wandered. He was a friend of theirs, wandered by the studio, and they said, Hey, you want to take part in this? Since you've recorded two pretty good albums, you're a big TV star. He said, Sure. So he came in and lent his expertise. It's not bad, but I can kind of see why they didn't go any further than that. After that, Hudson and Landry. Hudson and Landry were a comedy team consisting of Bob Hudson and Ron Landry. Now, this ties in with, of all things, Star Wars, because George Lucas had to start somewhere. And where he started was making a student film in college um, called The Emperor. And it was about Bob Hudson, who was a DJ um, around that area. And he was a big deal. He was a 
legend. And he started this comedy team with a guy named Ron Landry. Um, they were both working in radio, showed some on-air chemistry, witty jibes, and whatnot. They recorded a song, well, a routine called The Ajax Liquor Store, and they were nominated for a Grammy. And everything was root petite and how'd you do? Um, on many television shows, on the Flip Wilson show and the Steve Allen show and the Smothers Brothers show, kind of like the Ace Trunking Company with Fred Willard. Back then, variety shows were the thing. They were variety shows is what they were with some uh, counterculture references. Uh, their sharpness or dullness pretending on which, depending on which network you are watching. So, the Emperor I have actually played on my show because after Napoleon the Fourteenth came out with the novelty song They're Coming to Take Me Away, I played a bunch of parodies that immediately followed that. And one of them was called I'm Normal, which is by credited to the Emperor. But the Emperor was this Bob Hudson guy. And that's something you learn so much on the show, don't you? All right. So uh, they split up. Um, Hudson recorded an album with um, Boris Pickett, Bobby Pickett, Bobby Boris Pickett, who did the Monster Mash. He had a hit in, I think, 62 called the Monster Mash. And you know the song because every Halloween some, some idiot plays it, ironically or not, hopefully ironically, but, and, uh, he made an album with him, and I've played some of that on my show. I played um, uh, Sky High Market, which is, I guess, about calling a grocery store when you're stoned, and um, how funny that can be. And, of course, you know, if you listen to my show, that Freddie Cannon took that a step further in 1981 with Blank Check Market where he did the same thing, only this time it wasn't a stoner, it was someone else. Anyway, by 1971, the counterculture was just on its way out, and it was being consumed by um, the culture. So there was no counter anymore, just like everything. So you heard um, Hippie and the Redneck, from 1971 with fake laughter because all these records had fake or severely enhanced laughter. Um, and after that, California Dreamin', I do not know if I played this on my show last week or the week before. The Carpenters, Karen Carpenter did a demo in 1967 or the Carpenters did a demo in 1967. They never released it, but in 1999, Richard, who had um, Boku royalties by then, but was bored, took this and um, engineered it and put a big orchestra behind it and created this California Dreamin' with her singing. Morbid, maybe. Uh, I don't know if it did well. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And after that, Hudson, Hudson and Landry again with The Gas Man from 1974. Hi, Givald. My name is Gilbert Neal. This is D-Sides, Orphans, and Oddities. I'm about done talking. 
for a half hour and you're about done listening for a half hour. So I'm going to play you um, some oddities, as is my want to do. Starting with the first single ever released by Peru Boom from 1975. Here it goes. Thank you, Reddit. I'll see you soon.
Except himself alone 
They all dress like Twiggy, gotta guess which one is Twiggy She's the boppin' child of new Dolly driving us all wild Hey, million eyelashes That's the latest rage on the fashion page They saw them first on Twiggy And it started with race East or West, they say you better look like Twiggy Cause the idol now is Twiggy Around the place each doll is Twiggy's figure Twiggy's walking Twiggy's face My date looks like Twiggy Girls are imitating Twiggy She's the mini 